if that God has uh, laid this on my heart to share with you, and I pray that it will be a blessing to our lives. But I want to start uh, by asking some questions. It's a little quiz. Uh, hold on a minute. Let me pray. I want to pray with all the uh, instrumentalists before they go. Why is the brother on the on the uh, the drums? The brother on the drums. And uh, are some of them on holiday as well? Some are on holiday. Okay. Yes. That's fine. But I want to pray for them. Put your hands together for them. They are doing extremely well. Yes. Yes. I always get inspired when I come and I see them playing and doing what they have to do to the glory of God. Bother your hands with me in one minute. Father, I want to thank you. Can you lift your hands, uh, Aaron and everybody here? Just lift your hands. Father, we thank you for our dear friends. We exalt your name for their lives. Lord, you are faithful. Faithful are you who have called them. And faithful will you be until your work is done in their lives. Lord, I pray into their spirit today and I ask a new inspiration for this instrument. I ask that as they continue to grow in this passion and in this skill, Lord, may they be anointed players in the name of Jesus. I pray that a year from now, Lord, when they hit a note, let the Holy Ghost bring deliverance unto somebody. May their music produce life in the name of Jesus. I pray that in their spirit, you will stir up a well and a passion for these instruments. I ask our God that they shall be an attraction, an attraction unto many that shall come to learn after them. In the name of Jesus, be blessed, be blessed as you continue to serve God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord will use you very strongly, all of you, in Jesus' name. All right. So, um, thank you once again. It's always a joy to come together with all of you. I know I have about an hour, right? About an hour, okay, that's good. We praise God. So give me about 30 minutes of your, of your ears. <laughs> Can I borrow somebody's ears for 30 minutes? <laughs> okay, I mean literally, I'll come and take your ear and put here and see how it fits. But thank you and I want us to uh, just go into God's word, learn some few principles and then we will pray. But I want to ask some questions before I get into what I want to get into. The first question is that, how many of you believe that there is always a reason why God brings us together? I'm not seeing any response. Ah, okay. There's always a reason. Every time we get together, there's a purpose. There's a reason. In fact, the Bible says that we should never neglect, in the book of Hebrews, we should never neglect the gathering of saints or believers. Don't neglect it. Why? Because it says, as you see the day of the Lord approach. Every time we come together, we tend to sharpen one another. We tend to encourage one another. There are things that goes on here that inspires me, gives me a reason to want to live for tomorrow. Amen? Sometimes you don't have what you want to, the inspiration you need to continue in your life. But when you come together like this, you hear a testimony, you hear that God is doing something and it's a blessing to you, it inspires you and you want to move on. So that's one of the first reasons why we come together. Now, in the Bible, I think I've preached this year over 10 years ago. Some of you may remember that I came and I was sharing with you in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. The Bible says that God himself at a certain point, after he had made man, he took the man after he had planted a certain garden in the east of Eden. And then he took the man from wherever the man was and planted the man in this space called the garden of Eden. Right? And in that space, God spoke to the man in three different ways. Number one, you find in the book of I mean, Genesis chapter 2 verse 15, it says, God engaged the man. He told the man, live in this garden, dress it, and keep it. That's the first thing he said to the man. So, it gives me this idea that every time God decides to bring you into his presence, Eden means presence. And how many of you realize that there are many places, there are many churches around Ramsgate that you could have been, right, this minute. You could have been elsewhere apart from church. Some of us perhaps had calls from our bosses that we should have, you know, come for some overtime or something. But we chose to be in God's presence. I want you to know that it is God's design for you to be here. And so you are here not by accident, but by design of God. 
Amen. And when you come into God's presence, there are these three things that must happen to you. Number one, God will engage you. Somebody say he will engage me. Like Adam, he says, dress, till the land, cultivate it, and keep it. It's interesting, God said, it is for you when you dress it. So if I were you, I would dress it very nice. How many of you will like it when somebody says, when somebody says to you, I'm giving you some one bedroom somewhere, but you know, it is not well done. And they don't tell you whether it's for you or not. They just said, go and live in it for a while. But you go in the space, you don't know whether it's for you or not. So you just leave it. You don't paint it. You don't move the chairs around. Everything is as it is. And then the landlord comes around and says, oh, this space is actually for you. You know, you can keep it. Then you tell yourself, ah, if I had knew it was for me, the way I would have dressed it and keep it for myself. That's what God told Adam. So that's one thing. Then another thing God told Adam was that God also instructed Adam. So every time we come into God's presence, expect to be instructed. Amen? Expect to receive a word from the Lord. What instruction did God give Adam? Genesis chapter 2 verse 15, yes. So the Bible says God told him what to do and what not to do. He said, you can eat of everything in this garden. As for this tree, called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't touch it. So God told him, do this and don't do that. Sometimes when we speak in these terms, it feels like God is trying to restrict somebody. But how many of you know that when you receive instructions, instructions are not meant to destroy you. They are meant for your protection. Amen? Whatever God tells us, it may not be according to how we want it, but it's always to our benefit. So when you come to receive instructions in God's presence, please keep it because it will bless you. Amen? Then number three, as Adam continued in these two, Tilling the land, dressing it, and being obedient to the word of the Lord. The Bible says God himself. It's interesting that Adam never went to God and said, I need a helper. Did you read that in the Bible? How many of you have read that before? That Adam went to God and said, God, please, you know, I'm feeling lonely. Look at the lion. The lion has the lioness. Look at the bull. The bull has the cow. Look at the elephant. I don't know the boy for, uh, and girl for elephant. Somebody help me. But look at the elephant. Look at Everybody has somebody. But I'm alone. Adam never prayed that kind of prayer. But the Bible says God himself saw from above and said, it is not good for this guy to be alone. So I will bless him. I will make a helper suitable, just right, just perfect for this guy. Why? Because the guy continued to be engaged in the presence of God, he continued to respect and obey the instructions of the Lord. And the Bible says, as he did that, God himself decided to bless him. I came to tell somebody today that as you continue at Global Crossfire Church, playing the instrument, doing the ushering, arranging the chairs, doing the music, doing everything you got to do in God's house, engage in the presence of the Lord, the Lord himself will look up from above and bless you like you have never thought. Amen? Is somebody with me at all? I'm just helping you to come along with me. I know afternoon church is very busy and very difficult. But stay with me. 20 more minutes. Amen? The Bible says, this man was blessed by the Lord. And every time we come before God like this, expect these three things to happen. God will engage you, he will instruct you, and he will bless you. Amen? But you must continue in the things that he tells you to do. So, one thing I wanted to do is to keep this somewhere at the back of your mind as I bring the other part of what I have to share with you today. Now, let me also begin this other part by asking a question. If you look at this structure, and I expect everybody to say something, right? If you look at this building, these four walls, there are things that consist of these four walls, this building. How many of you can tell me some of the things that make up this structure? Anybody? It's not a hard thing. Just look around. Mention anything you see. The bricks. There are bricks that make up this structure. Are you sure it's bricks? Somebody knock the wall. Make sure it's bricks. Sometimes they use wood. <laughs> yes, brother. Wood. Thank you. You can see wood. Yes. Pillars. Somebody put your hands together for my brother. He's in the spirit. <laughs> pillars. There are pillars in this building. Sometimes you can't see them, right? How many of you can see the pillars? It's difficult to see, but they are there, right? They are there, very alive and doing a very important work. What else can anybody see? Concrete, thank you. You again? Paint, thank you, Brother Edward. Foundation, that's right. There is also the foundation. 
Amen, somebody. Are we together? What else? Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. So, there are things that make up this structure, this building. And so, today I want to talk to you about one of the components of this building. One of the things that forms this structure. And uh, I'm believing God that I'll be able to bring it to, uh, to us in such a way that we can relate to this, to this uh, component as it relates to our spiritual work in the Lord. Are we together? Stay with me. I'm going to be a little bit technical, but we're going to get somewhere. And it's very important I establish this principle. So I want to talk to you about what I call abiding pillars. We are talking about pillars today. Right? Anytime you come into the space, remember this word. Abiding what? Pillars. Everybody say with me. Abiding pillars. Turn to your neighbor and say, abiding pillars. Yes, 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 yes. Abiding pillars. Some of the things I'm going to share with you today may be a little bit challenging, but I pray that you will take it in good faith. Amen? It will be demanding some stuff from you, but I pray that you will rise to the challenge and tell yourself, I hear the voice of the Lord and I choose to respond to it. Amen? Because God is getting ready to do something amazing in everybody's life in this place. Amen? Come on, amen? Look to your neighbor and give them a smile. Make sure you smile well. <laughs> yeah, give them a smile. All right. We give God praise. So, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be encouraging. And it's going to be very, very useful for your life. Pillars. When we think about a pillar, what is it that we are talking about? According to the dictionary, I have three things that I want to share very quickly. According to what a pillar means. A pillar is a vertical structure. So it's a structure that stands vertically like this. It is not horizontal. It's not lying like that. It is standing upright. Okay. And it is a structure that can be made of stone. It can be made of wood. And it can be made of metal. Used as a support for a building. So these pillars that are included in this structure... Being that we can't see it, they are still working and playing a very vital role within the structure. Are we together? Very vital role. So they are supporting this building. Now, the second thing we see in the definition is that it is a firm, upright support for a superstructure. In the Cambridge Dictionary, it says that it is a strong column made of stone, metal, or wood that supports parts of a building. I want you to take note of some few things about a pillar. According to this definition, we can then understand that a pillar is made or can be made to stand. It is always erected. It is made. Somebody must take their time to make a pillar. Pillars don't just arrive. Am I talking to somebody? These pillars did not just come and say, here am I, fit me into the structure. No, somebody must design it first. Somebody must plan it and somebody must be able to put it up, erect it, and make it stand. Somebody's job is that. So pillars are made. It is like disciples. Disciples. Disciples are not born, correct or not. They are what? Made. Jesus said we should go and make disciples. So you cannot be born a disciple of Jesus. You are made a disciple. Are we together? So pillars are not born. They are made. Intentionally, somebody has to make it happen. It stands upright or vertical, not horizontal. It is strong and firm. You can't have a pillar that is weak. Pillars has to be strong. And we'll look at the reason why they must be strong. If you put together a pillar that is weak, it is only a matter of time. And disaster can happen to that structure. Are we together? Stay with me, please, for a few more minutes. few more minutes. I know it is afternoon and it can be difficult. Thank you. So, it must be firm and strong. It supports a building or part of it. Pillars, these pillars, you know, there must be a pillar holding this column right here. It is, it is trying to support whatever is around this space. It is not responsible for the support of everything in the structure. Are we together? So, pillar by pillar, one by one, they are able to fit together and hold the structure together in ways that marvels us. This thing, I don't know how long it has been here. But it has been here for at least 
30 years plus, right? It is standing. Some of the houses we live in, my house in the, in London, I hear it has stayed, it was built over 70 years ago and it is still standing. Pillars are holding it together. Are we together? So, stay with me, stay with me. So, supporting a building or part of it, it can be made with several types of material. According to the dictionary, we know that pillars can be made of wood, pillars can be made of metal, pillars can be made of stones, pillars can be made of all kinds of material. And I want to announce to somebody as I move forward, I'll bring it much more clearer to you that every one of us must decide today to become a pillar. Because it is a good thing to be. And you must also realize that your type, whoever type of person you are, it is possible for you to be made a pillar. You don't have to say, I'm too thin, or I'm too big, I'm too small, or I'm too tall. Whatever you are, you may be a sanguine, you know, personality types. (laughs) You may be a melancholy, you may be a a choleric, or, or a phlegmatic, whatever type of person you are. God is able to use you and position you as a pillar to his glory. Are we together? Right. So in the book of Genesis, let's go to Genesis, our first scripture. Genesis chapter 28. I'm going to read very quickly from verse 10. It says, Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one stone one of the stones he took of the place and put it at his head and he lay down at that place and slept. Verse 12. Then he dreamed and behold a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham your father and the God of Isaac the land on which you lie I will give it to you and your descendants also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east to the north and to the south and in you and in your seed all families of the earth shall be blessed verse 15 behold I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Is that a good promise for somebody? Look at verse 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. Is it possible that somebody is in church and does not know that God is in the church? Amen? Is it possible that you could be amongst a group of people that are so wealthy, so rich in a certain thing that is needful in your life and yet you don't know it? I pray you have a revelation like Jacob. Amen? Come on, somebody. I pray that God will open your eyes and give you a dream like Jacob so that you can know when God is moving and where God is working around. So the Bible says, he said, this is the place of God. Surely God must be here. This God that I've heard my father talked about. This God that I've heard my grandfather preach about. This God that I have been blessed by. He must be in this space that I am right now. Something is very special about here. And I didn't know it, he said. Look at verse 17. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gates of heaven. Verse 18, then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone, the stone again, that he had put at his head, set it up. So Jacob now said, this stone that I was laid upon, an ordinary stone in an ordinary place. This time, when he got up in the morning, he said, as for this stone, I cannot treat it ordinary anymore because what I have seen laying on this stone is unique. And therefore he took the stone, the Bible says, and he set it up. Perhaps the stone was lying and his head was on it. But this time when he got up, he said, no, 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 no. There must be something I have to do with this stone. And so he set it up and the Bible says he called it a pillar. Somebody say pillar. He established it 
I told you pillars are made. That stone was an ordinary stone on an ordinary day at an ordinary place. Nobody thought that stone could be used for anything. But that point, the Bible says, Jacob changed the story of that stone. Up to today, it is still hanging there called the place and the house of the Lord. Better. Stone. I don't know which type of stone you are. <laughs> and I don't know where you have been that the Lord is getting ready to touch your life. But all that I know is that if God can touch you, he will set you up as a pillar. A pillar. So the Bible says, let me go on and then I'll, I'll give you some more um, foundation. It says, then Jacob set this thing up and called it a pillar and poured oil on the top. And he called the name of the place Bethel. But the name of the city had been lost previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this place that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on. He was talking about what was most essential for him. He said, If God will give me bread, food for survival, clothes to clothe me, I need to keep warm. If God will do these two things for me, I will come back to this place, to this pillar, and give God glory with my giving, my tent, he said. He set the stone as a pillar. Today, I want you to know that some stones are getting ready to be set as pillars. Oh yeah, oh yeah, stones will be set as pillars. Pillars don't just happen. It takes a message like this to call out a pillar. Amen? I believe there are pillars here. Look to somebody and say, I can see a pillar in you. Get ready for it. <laughs> Ask them, is it true? Can you really say it? Make sure, make sure you talk to them. <laughs> Amen, somebody. So, if you notice, in this scripture, we can see clearly that Jacob is teaching us that there are times where what can be so ordinary to the eyes, what can be so common to the eyes, what can be so simple to the eyes, can be chosen by God as a special thing in our lives. Amen? Look to somebody and say, I do not take you for granted. There is something special about you. Amen? Don't take it for granted. So, I want you to think about this scripture and let me give you some more understanding about pillars. The main function of a pillar is this, that it ensures the fortitude of whatever is connected to it. Anytime a pillar is set, like in this building, everything that is connected to the pillar is standing because of the pillar. If the pillar gives way, it is only a matter of time. Even the sound of the keyboard can bring this building down if the pillars decide to pull off. But as long as the pillars decide to stay and they abide, if they stay and they abide, there is no sound, there is no wind except the hand of God will move this thing. Are we together? Pillars ensures fortitude to whatever is connected to it or whatever it is connected to. It ensures survival, sustenance. It ensures that some things are firm in place. It ensures formidability. Pillars ensures longevity. Anytime you see a pillar, you can see an insurance for something that must last long. Amen? Pillars is, pillar is a guarantee against collapse and instability. Is somebody with me? Anytime you see a pillar, you are talking about something that can stand the test of time. It can stand against any stress, any difficulty. Pillars function to hold things together. That is what they are meant for. That is what they stay for. Pillars. I believe that God wants to lift Global Crossfire Church as a pillar church. This is, this is my own thinking. I, I don't know if there is anything called a pillar church. <laughs> but but I, as I was praying, I just thought I should let you know that God wants to lift this church as a pillar church. A pillar church that can hold and support anything that is connected to it. No wonder some of you will not be consumed because you are connected to a certain pillar. I was listening to a man of God recently on, the, on, on, on YouTube and he said a gentleman came to church. Some of you may have heard the story. A gentleman came to church and he had the gentleman and prayed for the man. 
the man went and in a short time he was doing very well within the community it was hard for him before but after that prayer and the hack it was all fine and things were going fine then he went to his village and apparently there was somebody in the village who did not like the progress of this guy he had gone to build a house for his mother he had gone to dig boreholes so people can have clean water to drink and somebody did not like the progress that this guy is bringing to town so he decided and everybody knows in that village that as for this man when he comes around and he begins to ask for your matter it is not a good news and so the boy's mother when the boy visited the village and he, she heard that this man is coming home an uncle is coming home to greet the boy the mother said my son go away from here just disappear as for this man I don't want you to meet and the boy said oh mama it's okay it is life let me say hello to my uncle so when the uncle came and gave his hand for shaking the boy moved the hand and embraced the uncle because he was wearing the shirt that the pastor had him on so when the man had him apparently the man went out of his presence and began to say I've made a mistake I've made a mistake what have I done what have I done Later, did they know that he has planted something to destroy the boy. But because of the jacket, because of what he was wearing, the anointing of the pastor was still running around him. So when the guy had him, the guy had a transformer. He shot him and killed him. That is what happens when you begin to align yourself properly to a pillar that can bless your life. Are we talking here? Very important. And I pray that you are able to rise and, and grab this understanding because God is beginning to change some of your perceptions. Amen. And bless you greatly. So, a pillar church is what I see for great, I mean for global crossfire church. I believe God wants to do that. But God cannot establish a pillar church without first establishing a pillar congregation. There is no pillar congregation without a pillar people. Are we talking? That every individual must become a pillar so that when we collectively come together, we become a pillar congregation that can be known as a pillar church. Are we together? That is where God is taking us. That is where God is bringing somebody. That God is helping somebody to rise from the place of stone to become a pillar set up to the glory of God Almighty. That is what I believe God is doing in our lives. There's a story in the Bible. Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. And I'm going to need a chair. And I think I will use... Pastor, can I use you? Okay. So, let me have one chair. Put it up, but I will, demo, I will talk about it so everybody can see what is happening. So, the Bible says that Moses is very old at this time, leading the children of Israel. And then there, were, there was a battle between the children of Israel and then the Amalekites. These Amalekites were strong. They were army people. Remember that Israel has been training. They were in Egypt for a long time, so they had to train on the desert and in other places so they can build an army. Everybody was trying to fight them because God was with them. But this time, the Bible says, while the battle was going, Moses sent Joshua. Joshua was going to lead a group of people to go and fight the Amalekites. And Moses said, I and two other people will go up on a mountain and give prayer, support to the battle. And the Bible says that as Moses was praying, the army was fighting. Anytime Moses prayed with his hands up like this, the battle was in favor of God's people. Anytime his hands got tired and brought down like that, the Amalekites were winning against God's people. Are we together? So the Bible says, can you sit please? Two people. This is brother Moses. Any two people? Can you come Mr. Drama? Thank you. And my sister, please come. Thank you. So two people stay right here. And then one here, here. One here, one there. All right. Feel free. Are you okay? All right. Stay with me. Stay with me. Watch this image very carefully. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will play it in your heart and mind over and over. This demonstration must also be replicated in every department and in every team of people in this church. Wherever there are a group of people led by somebody, this must happen in your ministry and in your team. So, pastor is here as Moses. This is brother Aaron. And this is brother Her. H-U-R. Her. You can see the name somewhere on the screen. So, the Bible says that 
when they notice, they notice, right? Moses is praying, can you lift your hand? And pray for the congregation. You are all the army of Israel fighting. Can somebody do an action of fighting? Fight your brother in love, in love. Yes, fight them in love. So, and pastor is praying. And while he prays, anybody connected to this anointing is winning the battle. Amen? But the Bible says, all of a sudden, his hands got tired. Isn't it true that when you are a human being, you get tired? Everybody gets tired at a certain point. You are no superman. Amen? So he got tired and his hands started coming down. Coming down. Then these guys immediately noticed the difference in the battle. So they said, no, 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 no. This man's hands cannot be kept low. We have to find a way to lift it up so that the victory will come to God's people. So they came and put this man on a chair. The man was standing before. But they put him on a rock. This rock. And he sat down. And he sat down. And while he sat, Bible says that they lifted his hand. Hold his hand properly so that there's no pressure here. Hold it. Hold it like that. Don't, don't worry. This is master. Just hold it. <laughs> yeah? Pastor, how do you feel now? Good. Is there any pressure on your hand? No. So it means they are holding him properly. If there is pressure, it means the holding is not good. So these guys made sure. And the Bible says when they held him like this, and held it up. As long as these hands were up, the battle was always to the favor of Israel. Amen, somebody. And this is what happened when the church decides we will become like Aaron and her. Pillars that will ensure that this structure will never fall. No matter what happens, he must stand to the glory of God. Amen. I pray that no matter what happens in your ministry, your leader must stand in Jesus' name. Amen. Too many times there have been victims of people who have been hurt, wounded, and left to stand and battle alone. But I pray that it will be minus this church. Amen, somebody. Somebody say amen. So they held his hands and as long as these hands were supported up, victory was always for God's people. I want to tell you something. When you learn to stand as pillars for this leadership, for this ministry, you will always be on the winning side. Things can happen and it will shake people. You will be shaken, but your structure will stand. Amen? I pray that as the leader of your home, let God raise your children as pillars of support to bless you so that in your moment of crisis and weakness, you will not fall but stand. Am I talking to somebody? I pray that in your family, whoever supports and becomes the leader, may God raise pillars, pillars, pillars to hold your hands so you don't fall in your moment of difficulty. Thank you, people. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Keep this image in your mind. We are getting ready to pray. And I want you to know that God is able to set you up and lift you as a pillar. He is able. It doesn't matter how small your strength may be. Some, I, ha, I used to have a very weak strength. I used to be sick when we were in school. Every time I was sick, every time, I was, it was like I could tell when the sickness was coming on me. I got ready for it because I knew as soon as I feel headache, I have to go to hospital for two weeks, every single year. Until one day I said, enough is enough. <laughs> Amen. And the Lord delivered me. The Lord will deliver somebody today. Some of you may feel weak in your abilities and in your skill, but give yourself time and trust in the God that has placed his hand on you. He will set you up. You will be a pillar. You will be strong. He will anoint you. He will separate you unto himself and to his glory. So the Bible says, this is what happened to Moses. I believe God wants to do the same for this house. Pillars are necessary. Very, very necessary. Pillars are necessary because there are a few reasons why I want to tell you about pillars. Pillars are necessary because it can avoid a church like this to collapse. It can avoid it. It can avoid a church like this to close. There are, if you look in Ramsgate, last time pastor was giving me some updates about churches that were very strong, vibrant in this city. Is it a city or a town? Ramsgate. It's a town. So, in this town, there were people that were doing well. Churches, blessing lives and changing things. Then all of a sudden, after years of service, they are no more. What happened? If you investigate, you will notice that there was a shaking. There was an attack. There was something, perhaps, that the church was even wrong about. But 
something that made this church go down could be the absence of pillars. Amen? If there were pillars that were holding things together, sometimes the pillars, you know, they will go and surround the pastor and the leader and say, you have to come through us before you touch this leader. Not that the leader is perfect. No, no, no. No human being is perfect, including me. Amen? Nobody. But God is able to help us in such a way that when we are in our weaknesses, he brings people like you and I to stand with us as pillars so we can stand through our crisis. A church will stand because pillars are present. Pillars are holding things together. There are battles pastor would not have to fight. Somebody in the house will say, pastor, as for this one, I've got it. Amen? Am I talking to somebody? There was a time where, in Ghana, I mean, a church that we were... Um, trying to plant a church about this size those days about what 15 years ago or 20 years ago and the church wanted to put on um, a, a gospel concert first time in that whole community it has never been done before so I told the pastor pastor I've got it I didn't have money in my pocket nothing those days I was helping my mom who was in the US to build a house in Ghana so she brought down some money and I managed the building in such a way and I used a little bit of the money to sponsor the event. That event brought in people that gave their life to Jesus. People that are now serving the Lord and are now pillars to the glory of God. Amen? God is able to use little things. And that became a template up to today. They still do that concert year by year. Are we talking about to somebody? God is able to change your story like that and bless you. So, Pillars can stand and avoid church closures. Communities can stand and not be closed. It is there for strength. Pillars are there to strengthen evangelism. I'm talking about it in terms of church now. Anytime pillars rise in churches, they stand to strengthen the evangelism power and focus of the church. Their pastors cannot preach and do everything by themselves. God needs somebody to rise. Amen. God need to anoint some new evangelists, some new people with fire in their bones. Evangelism is not going to preach Genesis to Revelation. No, don't be scared when we say evangelism. Don't say, Pastor, I don't know anything. No, all you know to do is to share your story. Amen. That is what evangelism is. Share your experience as you have been in the Lord. I was blind, now I can see. Amen. When they ask you, on whose authority do you come to proclaim? They say, I don't know. All I know is that my life was miserable, but now I'm happier. Amen. That is what you share, and people will get to know. Be a pillar to bring that difference in the house. Amen. God can use you in that. So it strengthens the evangelism focus. It also aids the leadership structure, like we just saw. Anytime pillars are in place, the leadership structure can relax and do the work of the ministry. Every minister is called to minister unto God and unto people. And while they do their ministry unto people, their hope is that the people will also learn and be equipped enough to go and begin to do the work of the ministry as well. Are we together? So it is not the duty of the pastor to do everything. Every one of us must come together. God is taking this church somewhere. That is why I believe you are hearing this today. So please, let it sit in your spirit. Begin to meditate upon it. Ask yourself, in what way can I rise and be set up as a pillar by God in this church? There are several ways that we can engage in this process and the Lord will bless us indeed. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 26, verse 31, Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will scatter. So when you see leadership struggling, don't look at them and add to their struggle. So pastor is trying to, I don't know, or music leader is trying to lead the music. And somebody has some grace and a little ability to also support and sing. Instead of coming to the sister and saying, last time I saw you needing a backup vocalist. I can do a little bit of singing. Would you want to train me? I want to join your team. Don't fold your arms and say, hmm, I have not been called. So let them sing until they call me. No, come up. Somebody say, come up. Come up and say, sister, I want to be trained. I may not even have any good voice. Some of us have 
what we call froggy voices. When we sing, it's ah, ah, ah. But the Lord can turn your froggy voice into an angelic one. Amen? And one day you open your mouth to sing and everybody will wonder, is that the froggy voice we are hearing? Come on. So everything will rise, but it can also fall on leadership. You need to get involved. Get yourself acquainted with what God can do. And he will bless you. Strike the leader and everything will scatter. Don't allow your leaders to be stricken. They will be stricken. Things will happen. Pressure will come. But don't allow them to go down. Hold their hand up. Amen. Anytime you hold a leader's hand up, you know what you're doing? You are also holding up your own victory. Amen. The leader's freedom is your freedom as well. Imagine if pastor has 24-7 to just sit in a corner somewhere and pray every day for us. Do you know the kind of things that can happen? When you hear a ministry and a person doing so well in certain areas, the difference is a matter of how much time these people get to spend for what they want to do. Amen? And when we free our ministers to be able to function the way God has called them to function, you'll be amazed what can happen in your life. The congregation must be a pillar congregation. Don't allow our leaders to suffer. Rise up and begin to stand up with them. And the Lord will bless you. How do you support a leader? Number one, you must get to understand the leader's heart and vision. Sometimes we don't take our time to hear, hear what is being communicated by the leader. So we struggle to follow because we can't seem to understand where he's trying to go or she is trying to go. So my encouragement to you is that if there is a confusion about where you think we are heading, ask questions. But your questions must not be questions of condemnation. It must be questions for clarity. Amen? So that you can support. There's a difference. Sometimes there are people who question you and you know ask for this question is telling me I should shut up and not do this thing again. Have you been told that kind of question before? You know it. When people ask questions to put you down rather than lift you up. So question things. Listen carefully to the heart of the, of the leader so that you can get to know where the leading is heading so that we can be blessed by the ministry effectively. Get to know the leader. Defend the leader's credibility and faithfulness. Nobody is perfect, but God is able to use everyone to his glory. So when you see somebody pressing, praying, doing everything they can, and somehow somebody comes to tell you, as for this person, you don't know her. You don't know her. You think she's all angel and she's singing and it's all. You don't know her. And they begin to try to punch holes in the character of the person. Please stand with your leader. Amen. Stand with your leader and say, I know she's not perfect. I know he's not perfect. But I choose to stand with him. I choose to stand with her because God's name must be glorified in the end. Then you go and tell the sister or the brother, I think we must do some adjustment here. This is what is going on. If it is something that we have to correct, let us correct it. And you speak and defend your leaders in those ways. Are we together, somebody? God is taking us somewhere. And you must understand this principle. Give your time and resources, including your money and everything that you can give to aid the leader's work. Every one of us must be able to think about it. There are people that I look at and their effect and what they do for the ministry is very encouraging. So you bless them. Bless them with your time. Bless them with your resources. I know a church in Ghana. The pastor of that church, I mean, it's, 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 a, uh, it's a denomination, right? So there's one branch that has a pastor. And this pastor ensures that every year, or rather, whenever the general overseer need a car change, he makes sure that he personally will buy the new car for that pastor every single time without fail. He did that for some time. Do you know what happened? Eventually, he bid to buy some investment in the nation. A very prominent one. Difficult, but because of his faithfulness and his giving towards the work of the Lord, he was able to secure that investment. And so, guess what? The money he has been spending, God has been doubling and multiplying and blessing him. Amen, somebody. There is a reason why God encourages us to do these things. It's actually for our own good. It blesses you more than you can think or imagine. 
I am a living testimony of how when you decide to stand with a leader, your life will never be wasted. Amen? I'm telling you, there are places I've been to and people have just opened doors for me and I'm asking, how is it that these people would be this kind to me? Then all of a sudden, I'll hear a whisper, do you remember how you stood with that person? This is your reward. Amen? May God reward you too in the name of Jesus. Is somebody hearing me? There are some of us that can challenge ourselves and say, Pastor, as for this week, I will drive you to church. You don't need to stress, you know. I want you to just pray and come and preach. Pray, prepare, and preach. Come on, somebody. And say, Pastor, I want to take your, your driving stress away. Let me handle it for you. Some of us can do that. There are churches and individuals that do this all the time. It is not strange. It is not strange. And I pray that God will give somebody an idea in this place. And begin to look for a leader and say, I have seen your work. I want to be part of it. What can I do? I may not know what to do, but train me. Give me some time. Set me up as a pillar. I'm willing and God will anoint someone. Amen? Come on. Amen? Remember, pillars don't just arrive. That is why I keep saying, when you don't know or what, even you may know how to do it, but speak to the leader first because pillars don't just arrive. Don't say, Pastor, I'm a pillar. Give me the mic. I can preach. You must go through some things. Amen? And the Lord will bless you. There are other churches that has things like Pastor's Appreciation Day, Leader's Appreciation Day. There are churches that do all kinds of things to make sure, all these things are only to make sure that the pastor and the leaders are free so they can function well. Do you know why churches like Church of England, I don't know what is this one, but Church of England, the Catholic Church, and some of these other mainline churches, they have, when they build uh, parishes, they always include a missions house for the pastor. Why? Because they don't want the pastor to carry the burden of having to go and search for their own places of accommodation. That is taken care of. When it comes to money to live and buy their things, that is taken care of. Everything they need is supported so that they can have only the burden of the spiritual needs of the people. And as they carry that burden through faithfully before the Lord, the people also begins to have their breakthrough. Just like Moses being supported, you will have your breakthrough in Jesus' name. Learn to support. You'll be amazed these things I'm teaching you. But God will give somebody grace. You may not have the grace to stand in some of these capacities, but God, I see God anointing some people here today in the name of Jesus. And you will rise. I say you will rise. You will rise. In the name of Jesus, defend the credibility and faithfulness of your leader. Give your time and resources, including money. Today, as I speak, we can start this practice from our senior pastor. Some of you can say to yourself, this week I will bless pastor with a special offering. I'm not saying you should do it, but I I just want you to catch it in your spirit. Sometimes, you see, it's not the amount, but the principle. Somebody say the principle. This is what I'm trying to teach. It is not the quantity of what we give. It is not, I mean, this pastor that have cars change every now and then. What does he do with the cars that are old? I heard another man of God preaching and talking about faithfulness and how God can bless when you stay faithful and do the work of the ministry. He said, a person came to him and said, we are a group of builders and we want you to know every time we build, just pray for us. The first structure we put up is for you. And he said, do you know how many buildings these people are building around town? But the principle, the principle is what we need to catch. That as for us in this place, no matter what happens, we will take care of our leaders. That's it. When you learn to catch that principle, every other thing lays aside. And God does what he has to do. Amen. Don't forget the picture. Let it remain in your mind. Hold the hands of our leader. Start from this week. I will check with pastor if anybody caught anything, revelation in your spirit. To say, it can, it could be just one pound. But say, pastor, I want to begin with this one pound to say, as for this church, as long as I remain in this place, I will be a pillar of support for your ministry. Amen? I don't have, I didn't take permission to take an offering. But I want you to catch this in your spirit and let it be, don't be afraid sometimes the fear of giving and not receiving or getting anything back can, can move you to say I don't want to participate no don't be afraid, this is a good place to sow amen, come on, this is a good place to do what, 
to sow. There is nothing you put on a fertile ground that does not grow. It will grow to the glory of God. There are things that makes a place fertile. When you study what is going on on the ground, you can tell that this place, anything that falls on it, it will grow. A global crossfire church is a place like that. Amen? I'm not just saying I know it. Amen? And the Lord will bless. Don't be afraid. The freedom of the pastor, I repeat, is your own freedom. When the leader is able to do what they must do, God will grant you grace. You will also do what you need to do. The Bible says that he that waters others, they themselves shall be watered themselves. And if you give a cup of water to a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. Let me wrap up my, my talk and my sermon with the last thoughts. And this is important. Everybody who wants to be a pillar, how can you be a pillar that abides? That's my title, right? Abiding pillars. Pillars that abide. Abide means you are steadfast. You are unshakable. You are still. You are there. Every time you are able to stand, rain, shine, snow, cloudy, windy, let the storms of life blow, you are there. Stable and able to stand firm. Abiding pillars. That's what we are raising here. And I pray you catch this principle and it will be a blessing. Three months from now, six months from now, we will look back and say, wow, I thank the Lord that I stood with this minister and the ministry. And God has never disappointed me. Amen? Amen? Stand with the, with the ministry. Stand with this ministry. So, how do you abide? How do you abide? The final thing I have to say to you is that you learn to abide as a pillar by following the principle of surrender. Somebody say surrender. Surrender. Do you know what surrender is? Surrender is when you stop resisting a certain force or a certain thing that is coming at you. When I'm trying to push my brother and then he stands his ground. I'm not shaking. I'm not moving. And all of a sudden he gives way for me to be able to push him. He has surrendered to my force, to my pressure. Do you understand? So to surrender means you stop resisting. Surrender first unto God. And so when it comes to the principle of surrender, it must also be understood in practice. How you learn to practice it. So the actions of surrender is in threefold. Number one is one that is able to confess Jesus as Lord. When you say you have surrendered, it means you are saying I've confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Lord and Savior, the owner of my life and the one that have delivered me from the punishment of sin. That is salvation. Owner of my life, Lord and Savior. Number two, surrendered people are people that are able to die daily to their flesh. Because when you say, Jesus, you have saved me. Yes, salvation is true and it is instant. But you are still alive in this flesh and living. So what happens? You must learn to die daily to your flesh. Die daily. Die daily. Don't live carnal as a spiritual person. It shall not work. The two doesn't go. You must learn to die daily. Imagine if these pillars are very alive in themselves. And they say, 30 years I've been standing in this this pressure. Winds are blowing. Do you know the building can expand and contract, right? There's tension always going on in buildings. It is the pillar's job to make sure that when the wind blows and there are gaps in the walls, it holds it together again. Amen? Imagine if this pillar says, I can't take it anymore. I'm tired. And they lose their place. It's only a matter of time. This thing will come crashing down on every one of us. But as long as they stay in post. Amen? As long as they hold their ground. As long as they die to the pressure. Die to the pressure of the tension. And say, it is tense, but I'm dying daily. I will give my life to Jesus. And your life will consistently be a pillar that stands. Number three. Let me give you some scriptures on this point very quickly. Uh, the point one is, confess Jesus as Lord. Um, Believe in him. Jesus, I mean, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, there's a scripture there that can help you. It says, you believe in the Lord, believe also in me. Then number two, surrender means stop resisting, I mean, sorry. Uh, surrender means uh, die daily to self. Luke chapter 15, verse 17, the prodigal son teaches us how to die. You know, he was so alive in himself. Bible says, he came to his, mind, his senses and said, I'm tired of this life, I will go to my father. He surrendered. 
and God blessed him and changed his life. Finally, finally, and this is where I want us to think a little bit and pray. Pray, Lord, let your will be done. A surrounded life is a life that says, Lord, let your will be done. Go to Luke. I will look. Luke chapter uh, 22 from verse 42. Luke 22, my last scripture, and then I'll let you rise and we pray. Is somebody being blessed today? Come on, amen. Pillars are rising in this place. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. This is Jesus. Jesus, the son of God. He was now getting ready for the cross and the pressure of the sin of life was upon him. So he prayed a prayer and said, Father, I wish that this cup will pass. Let it go away. I don't want to suffer the cross anymore. This is Jesus, the son of God. I told you that everybody, as long as you are in this flesh, there comes a point where you get tired, where you get fed up. Jesus says, Father, I can't handle this. But he was a very smart pillar. You know, Jesus is a pillar. He's a pillar of our salvation. He's the pillar of our redemption. If Jesus was not in place, all of us would not be connected here today. It is because of Jesus, that pillar, that is why we are all connected here in faith to glorify God. So he said, I don't want this whole thing, Lord. But he said, I don't want to give up my own will. Let your will be done. So every time you come under pressure as a surrounded person, remember, let the will of God be done. Let that be your language. And the Bible says, when he had prayed that prayer, according to this scripture, an angel of the Lord came to empower him. Amen. I pray that as you lift up your voice and say, Lord, let your will be done in my life. I surrender to you. Let an angelic host of heaven begin to summon the Holy Ghost and empower you in Jesus' name. May you receive power to do what you were not able to do before. Somebody rise to your feet. Rise to your feet and lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I surrender to you today. I surrender. I notice that I cannot be a pillar without surrender. I can't be a pillar without surrender. All these ideas that have been preached, I want to participate. I want to be a part of it. But Lord, I can't do it on my own. Be like Jesus. Pray and say, Lord, help me. I surrender. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. I want us to pray together. Pray together. There are three things I want you to pray. This is number one. Pray that, Lord, I surrender to you. You may be here and you have never given your life to Jesus. Or you have, but you have been struggling. One leg in, one leg out. Today, you have an opportunity to say, Lord, I want to surrender all. 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 Lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice and pray. And you will raise up for Global Crossfire Ministry. A pillar that you will raise up for this family of believers. A pillar that you will raise up for this leadership structure. A pillar that you will raise up for Reverend Benjamin. Lord, raise me a pillar. I'm willing. Can I have you to lift your hands as high as from the front to the back? I pray for everybody. If you can lift your hands, somehow lift it up. Lord, I pray let the Holy Ghost descend upon your church, upon your people. Three months from now, oh God, let the testimony of Global Crossfire be that new living pillars has been lifted. Structure is standing because the pillars are in place. And I pray for anybody that have stood with this church, any attack on your life to destabilize you. I pray in the name of Jesus that the work of the enemy will not stand. Let the Lord defend you and strengthen your grounds in the name of Jesus. The Lord will defend you and strengthen your grounds. Receive it, my brother. The Lord will defend you and strengthen your grounds in the name of Jesus. Like Moses, you will stand with your leader and his hands will not grow tired. And as long as his hands is lifted, may your victory come. 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 Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give a glory. You will testify of unusual victories. Oh, somebody will testify of an unusual victory. In the name of Jesus. Because you made a decision, you will stand. Thank you. Father. Let nothing shift you from your post. Yes, Lord. Pillars rise. Pillars rise. Pillars of intercession rise. Pillars of giving rise. Pillars of finances rise. Pillars of administration rise. Pillars of evangelism rise. Pillars rise in the name of Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. And stand. Abide until the Lord Himself is done with you. In Jesus' name. Give a clap of renown to God. Amen.